Welcome to Real Testaments. The messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. Hallelujah. Let's look at the scriptures this morning. All right. So I will be talking basically about a topic which I have titled Saviors from Zion. Saviors from Zion. But before then, let's read, project for me, multimedia, if you can, Psalm 34. Psalm 34, verse 19. Psalm 34, verse 19. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him out of them all. So... Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord is the Lord that delivers, and the Lord has the prerogative to deliver the righteous from them all. So, um, the righteous man does suffer persecutions. Uh, the righteous man does suffer tribulations. The righteous man does suffer temptations, but God is the one that delivers him all from all of them. So you are righteous because of what Jesus did for you. Our righteousness is hinged on the righteousness of Christ. So when God looks at you, he sees his righteousness in you. But nevertheless, you go through stuff in life that may want you question the sovereignty and the supremacy of God. But notwithstanding, God is God, and whatever you go through as a righteous man... God is the one that will still deliver you from all of them. Not few, not some, but all of them. The confidence that we have is that when we go through trials and we go through temptations and we go through all kinds of issues of life, we are delivered from them all. That's the confidence. So the Bible says that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. The Bible says if it's only in this life that we have hope, which means we have hope. That's the word. If only in this life that we have hope, we are like all men most miserable. So there is hope here. But Paul is saying it's not only in this life that we have hope. We have hope here and we also have hope when we leave this physical body. So the child of God or the new creation is not disadvantaged like we always say. We win on earth and we also win when we leave the earth. That's the truth. And let me also give you a good news. The more years you clock, the more you are getting closer in living the earth. That's the truth. Nobody has the, the local standee. Let me speak like a lawyer, though I'm not. Nobody has the local standee to live forever. This flesh has expiry dates. There is a date you are going to leave. That's the truth. There is a date you are going to leave. And the advantage you have is that while you are here, you are going to enjoy life. You are going to have hope. What is hope? It go better. Tomorrow is better than today. What is hope? Oh, I might be suffering now, but I'm going to enjoy tomorrow. That's the hope. Some guy went to hell. 
I was watching him on TBN. He said God gave him opportunities to visit hell. I don't know how true, but that's what he said. He said there is a there is a there is a sense of hopelessness in hell. The hopelessness is that I cannot come out of this place. That's hopelessness. Hopelessness is you are gone. There is no hope. There is no hope. You know, hope. That's, that's the word he used. He said, there's hopelessness in hell. Even Abraham and all the patriarchs and everybody that walked before Jesus Christ came had hope. What was the hope? That Jesus Christ was going to deliver them. Because the truth is that nobody entered the presence of God in terms of heaven until Jesus Christ came. Maybe I will talk on that briefly one day. It was when Jesus Christ came, what he did when he went to Hades, H-A-D-E-S, when he went to Hades, was to open the door for all those who died in the Lord to come out. And he led a triumphant entry into heaven. He led them into the presence of God. Before then, nobody could come into the presence of God because of what Adam did. And the second thing that he did was to take the authority that he took from Adam, he collected it, he took it, and gave it back to you and I. Do you get the point now? So what Jesus did was to open up the door. That is why when a believer dies, Paul said, we don't die in terms of death. What happens is that we only live. It's a transition we only leave our physical body. And we are now in the presence of God. That's the truth. So it's a transition. That is why the greatest tragedy, Mas Moro said the greatest tragedy is the death of a potential. That's fine. But the greatest tragedy, take it from me, is when a man dies outside of Jesus is a tragedy. That is, you begin your journey to hopelessness, your journey to hell. So when I see people compromise their faith, or they say they not do God work again, or they not do God again, or they not do Jesus again, because of the issues that they go through, and you want to go and do devil way, how many years do you have to live? Let's assume you are 45 years now, just assuming. Add 50 more years to your age, that's 95. I've seen a 95-year-old man, he couldn't even, he couldn't hold anything. His body was shaking. All of 100. This king has timeline. So if you, if you do all you do, and you do it outside of Jesus, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man to gain this whole world? And at the end of the day, what happens? You lose your soul. I mean, it's, it doesn't make sense. So the grace that we have is that we are in Christ. We call it in Christ realities. We are in Christ. Everything is in Christ. If any man be in Christ, you are in Christ. Everything is in Christ. In Christ. So if you are in Christ, you are victorious always. Whether life now and life 
later. You are victorious always. Let this word sink inside of you. Let it sink inside of you and understand it. The righteous will always win. The Bible says, is the Lord that delivers him from all his troubles. So God will always deliver you. Hallelujah. He will always deliver you. Praise God. Turn with me to Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 1 verse 5 that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness could not comprehend it. What it means is that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness could not phantom it. The the darkness could not overcome it. So the truth of the matter is that light and darkness does not compete. John chapter 1 verse 5. You know, I'll come back to this Obadiah 1.17. Light and darkness does not and cannot compete. They are not mates and they will never be mates. If you come into a room that is dark, you don't need to pray for light. All you need to do is to switch on the light and once light comes up, the darkness disappears. The Bible says that let your light so shine, Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine that men will see your good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Therefore, you are light. The Bible says you are the light of the world and you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world and you are the salt of the earth. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify my Father who is in heaven. So it is your duty for your light to shine. Somebody say my light will shine. That's it. So, there is a lot of darkness in the world. There's a lot of darkness, i.e. Nigeria. There's a lot of darkness everywhere. So, it's not for you to run away from the darkness. That's a wrong mindset. That's the mindset that the church has told us long time. It's wrong. You don't run away from darkness. What do you do to darkness? You switch on the lights. Darkness will continue to reign if light keeps running away. I repeat, darkness will constantly reign or continue to reign if light keeps running away. The only solution to darkness is for light to come forth. And scripture says that you are the light of the world. The reason why Nigeria and other African countries, especially, is in a state of abject poverty and ignorance and, 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 and hopelessness, as it were. People living in abject poverty. Endemic lifestyle that tantamount to ignorance, as it were. It's because... We've been fed with the wrong information. We've been wrong with, fed with the wrong information. You are faced with a situation and you are the light of the world. Instead of you to face it and change it, you run away. And you allow men who are living inside the darkness 
to rule. No, it's wrong. Men who live in darkness shouldn't rule those who have the light. No, should it happen? Should it happen? Those who are in darkness have a devilish agenda. Now you are the light. It's not as if you are in the light. You are the light. You are the light. If you are the light, what good agenda do you have? If devilish people who are in the darkness perpetuating their acts of wickedness, nefarious activity, and they have their agenda, you who is the light, what agenda do you have to permeate and illuminate light? We don't have any agenda. That's why. Don't have any agenda. Don't have any agenda to illuminate. Some of us have entered the darkness. Our light is so dim. Our light is so so poor. We can it's like lantern. Even lantern is better. Let this light go off. This light go go off. The one at the back goes off. Everywhere will be dark. Everywhere will be dark. We need to shine. Save us from Zion. Give me Obadiah 117. We need to shine. He said, Upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Now, let me break this down. The word Mount Zion is a prophecy that is referring to the emergence of the church. Upon the church, there shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness. That talks about the two most important virtues that the church is going to permeate. Because you see, one of the things that Jesus came to give to us was to give us salvation. And the word salvation is translated in the Greek word soteria. And soteria means deliverance. It means deliverance from sickness, from, you know, d- uh, demonic oppression, deliverance from poverty, deliverance from um, diseases. That's soteria. So when we talk about the full ministry of the church, we are talking about deliverance and we are talking about holiness. Holiness, he has become our holiness. Therefore, we are holy. What does it mean to be holy? To be spotless. To be spotless. No, without Jesus said, I'm coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. Please, let, it, let, that, let that, I'm trying to break down that scripture. Let it flow. Thank you. Holiness. Both holiness in terms of nature, because we carry the nature of Christ, and holiness in terms of works. Holiness in terms of nature, it is the nature that gives birth to what you do. You are a product of what is inside. Jesus talking, he said, it's not what goes in that defies a man. It is what is inside that defies a man. What comes out? And we always say, you are not different from the ideology and the philosophy that you have. For example, for people to beat up a human being and set him ablaze, for example... They are operating under a certain ideology. They are operating under a certain philosophy. And so what do you do if you want to negate or you want to eliminate or annihilate that type of philosophy? What do you do? It's to pour in the right one into the system. 
Somebody has been brainwashed. Somebody has been brainwashed to behave the way he's behaving. The same way we have been brainwashed in the church. How have we been brainwashed? To think you only become, when you, are, when you become a Christian, is to clap your hands on Sunday and shout hallelujah and your pastor prophesies to you and you go out there and eat rice and chicken and you sleep and you sleep and on Sunday you come back. Another Sunday you come back. It becomes a recurring decimal. And so, when things are wrong, you look for a program that is talking about revival. So when you see revival, 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 you run there. Believers who are supposed to be the ones reviving things, they are the ones looking for revival. They are the ones looking for miracles. Where they are the ones supposed to be perpetuating and implementing and producing the miracle. You are a miracle worker. You are not a miracle seeker. So they tell you, come and eat bread and eat fish. The church has become a weferic, I mean, organization. The church has become a place where you come and take. When you take your own, you go. You've been brainwashed. Nobody is telling you to take over territories. The Bible says, upon my Zion, that is the philosophy of the church. Upon my Zion, there shall be deliverance. And there shall be holiness. And the house of Jacob. We are of the seed of Jacob. We came out from Jacob. We are the seed of Abraham. We came out from him. Therefore, the word possession means yarash in Jews. What do, in Hebrew, what does it mean? It means that you are going to take back your territory. You are going to take back what belongs to you. Listen to me. The church is not a religious organization. The church is a political organization. Take that from me. Jesus came to give us a government. A government is not religious. A government is political. So when I talk about kingdom thinking, this is what I'm talking about. And so what did the devil do? He brainwashed us. To, he reduced us to non-entity by making us believe lies. And so denominations that are supposed to be the one or the platform for us to implement kingdom principles, denominations have become an abatros for the perpetuation of the kingdom of God. Ah, I belong to Church of God mission. Ah, I belong to a church for real. Ah, I cannot go to that branch. Ah, I belong to this branch. Ah, I belong to this. Ah, I belong to pastor this. Ah, I belong to pastor that. What, 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 who has done this to you? I was talking to my pastors in the car yesterday. I said, two things God told me which I run with. Number one, he said, I did not form religion. And number two, he said, I should not be entangled in denominational activities. I'm a kingdom thinker. I'm a kingdom thinker. And we all must be kingdom thinkers. Enough is enough. Enough is enough where 
we use denomination as platform to divide the church. It is wrong. It is devilish. It is not correct. If we all belong to the body of Christ, it means that we are supposed to be taking over territories. Yes. Territories in two aspects. I'll tell you, number one. Territories in terms of physical territories. Take over your environment. Take over your... People talk about this agenda, this agenda. What is your own agenda? The Bible says if you want to go into a city, you must first of all bind the strong man in that city. How many strong men have you held captive in your own, in your own, in your own neighborhood? We have been taught that Christianity is to live a comfortable and good life. But in Luke, in Luke chapter 19, give it to me, verse, Luke chapter 19, verse 13. Look at that. He said, occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. How many of you are occupying? Nigeria, listen to me. When I was young, small, we have been praying for this country. It has not changed. In short, things are getting worse. I remember in 1980, listen to this story. It will blow your mind. In 1988 or 89, I was just recuperating from Plasmodium. The effect of plasmodium. What's that? Malaria. <laughs> I forgot to say malaria, but I see make I use plasmodium. Man, no way down how they follow. I was just recovering from malaria. And I I sent my younger brother to go and buy me coke. At that point in time, coke was I think 60 naira. Sorry, 60 cobble. 60 cobble. So he came back. I think I gave him one day naira. He came back with 30 cobalt change. I gave him one naira, sorry. He came back with 30 cobalt change. I said, no, what are you supposed to give me 40 cobalt? He said, oh, they have increased it from 60 cobalt to 70 cobalt. I said, no, go and take it back. Go and return it. Go and bring my money back. I would increase this just now. How much is coke now? Huh? 150, 200 naira. 200 naira. Well, I don't drink it, so I don't know. 200 naira. 1988 or 89, till how many years is that? Somebody do the math for me. Do the math quickly. 34 years. Now listen. Were Christians praying that time? Oh, you people feel me. Let me feel you. Were they praying that time? Are they still praying now? They are still praying. Has things changed? Why have they not, why have things not changed? Why? <laughs> from, 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 from bad to worse to worse to worse, worse, worse. God will never change anything. He has given you the power to change. For example, I am the priest of my family. It is what I want in my family that I will ensure it happens. Do you understand that? If a stranger comes into my house and does not want to abide by the rules and regulations that I have set in my home, 
for my family, my wife and kids to follow, and the person wants to change it, what do I do? I, I let the person know, no, things don't work like that here. If the person is not ready to comply, what do I do? Please. What have I done? I have taken control. So when the Bible was saying that in, upon Mount Zion, he was referring to the activity, the power of the church. Like I said, Mount Zion is the prophetic name for the church. Now, upon the church, there will be deliverance and there will be what? Holiness. And you and I, you and I, we claim territories. I've explained number one territory. Number one territory is to your environment. Take charge of your environment. Nothing should be happening in your estate that will, you know, you are not aware of. You are not aware of. No, you should be aware. Take control of what is going on around you. Once in a while, come out and begin to pray in tongues in your street. Arrest all the demons in that place and put them inside bottle. When you cock them for bottle, you throw away and throw away the key. Throw it away. Yes. Take control of your environment. Territory, that's number one. Number two, number two possession is your sphere of influence. Take control. If you're in entertainment, take control. If you are in sport, take control. If you are in politics, take control. Are you getting it now? If you are in the corporate world, take control. If you are an entrepreneur, take control. Be a different type of doctor. Be a different type of an engineer. Be a different type of banker. That's what the Bible is talking about. So Jesus said, occupy till I come. Why are you occupying? Because he has given you the keys of the kingdom. I, I said it just now. I told you just now that Jesus took th two things, did two things when he went to Hades. H-A-D-E-S. Hades. When he went there, he took the keys, the authority of the earth. He took it. He took it from the devil. And he came out. And as he was coming out, he dragged all those who were under the captivity of the devil and he released them from chain and he gave them eternal life. That's the same thing he has done to you. Anyone who believes, anyone who believes have the keys of the kingdom. That is the revelation that he said, oh Jesus is Lord. In the book of Matthew chapter 16 from 5 verse 19 where he said, upon this rock I will build my church. I have given you the keys of the kingdom. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What he's trying to say, anything you do on the earth is what I will sanction. Listen to me. God rested on the seventh day. Stop worrying God to come and intervene on this earth. He has you here. Oh. Listen, stop pursuing miracles and pursuing bread and fish where you are supposed to be the one to produce the bread and fish. Ask yourself, how do I produce more bread and fish so that more people can come, can follow me? More people can follow me. Jesus did not create you. He didn't design you so that you'll be the one following things. That's why he said, seek first the kingdom. Once you seek the kingdom, every other thing will what? 
follow you. But what are you doing? You are pursuing the things that are supposed to follow you. Why will Nigeria not be where it is? You know, let me talk about politics for a while. Ah, Jesus. The church is a political institution. There is politics everywhere. If you are not part of the politics, you will be skimmed out. Are you aware when your family, your extended family, the politics is happening there? Are you aware of that? If you are not part of it, you will be skimmed out. Your workplace, there's politics happening there. I'm not saying you should be part of the dirty things that they do, but you should take over the territory. Take over the territory. Patrick, let me tell you something. How do you take over territory? You don't need to fight on them. When the owner of the company, Patrick, listen to this. The owner of the company you work for wants to take a decision, a policy decision. You will say, Patrick, see me in my office. You will go there. You say, I want to implement this. What do you think? And you advise him good or you advise him otherwise. However, ideas and suggestions are one of the greatest tools for influence. Somebody did not hear me. That is why you need to, if you are not in power, you must make it a priority to be close to those in power. If I ask you now, your local government chairman, do you have his number? You don't. The, the governor of the state, do you have his phone number? You don't. How many senators do you know? You don't. How many House of Rep members do you know? You don't. How many Federal Executive Council members do you know? You don't. <sighs> Let me tell you something about influence. I know a certain man of God. I won't mention his name, but those who are close to me will understand what I'm talking about for the sake of this broadcast. A young man who is very popular on social media and on terrestrial media, radio more like, he put up a broadcast and he insulted an elder of the faith in Nigeria here, a big man of God, because he felt that the man of God did not say the right thing in his message. And he insulted him in his broadcast. And all the followers, which is typical of Christians, all his followers that goes to that church, they were blambasting this man. You are a false prophet. Why will you talk about our pastor like that? You are these. You are that. They were cursing him. Now, this certain man of God that I'm talking about, when he saw the video, he said, wow, this is not good. This is not good. Elder is an elder. There are different ways for you to correct an elder. Even in the scripture, you are aware of that. He picked up his phone and called this guy who did his broadcast and said, what you did was wrong. An elder is an elder. You wouldn't have addressed the matter like that. Please pull down the video now. He said, at your word. When he finished counseling him, the young man went on social media and apologized. Apologized for what he did and he removed the video. Whether he removed it, I don't know, but I'm aware he apologized because I saw the video that he apologized. And there was peace. 
that is influence. That is influence. How many are you aware that some of these people who naked themselves, and uh, some of them, or who are in the world doing all rubbish, some of them came from the church? How many pastors are influencing them? How many pastors can take up their phone and call the president and say what you said or did was wrong? How many pastors can call the president and say what happened in Sokoto is not good? Do something about it. Or what happened is lucky? Do something about it. How many pastors have such influence? Thank God for Archbishop B.A. Dahosa. In 1992 or 93, there about, when Babagida IBB set up an interim national government, uh, I mean, interim committee or something, Archbishop B. Dawsa took his phone and called the president and said, for you to set up a committee in this country, don't you know you are supposed to relate with us, the clergy? Sorry? Yeah, but there was a committee he set up to look into something. Whether it's SAP or, you know, in China, but there was a committee, I'm aware of that. And IBB apologized for that action. How many of our pastors have such influence? It's not just for you to criticize the government. It's for you to influence the government. How many of you are influencing your landlord? How many of you are influencing, ask my wife. My landlord and I, we are this close. Kingdom thinking. Maybe this part, you will remove it from the broadcast. My house is one of the cheapest in the neighborhood. Recently, he came. <laughs> he knows. He has also mentioned it. Recently, he came and said, I want to increase the house. He had the meeting. Listen, he had the meeting in my parlor. He had the meeting in my parlor. My wife, am I lying? And he said, before I increase it, I will consult with Richard. Kingdom thinking. Landlord will increase house. The next thing you will go around and be harassing the man and begging the man. Before you go increase them, relate with the man. Let him see you as a strong man in his compound. Before you go increase them, I go ask you, I want to increase it to one million. But you see, in the neighborhood now, the rent is easy. What do you think? He said, okay, um, chairman, calm down first. I will get back to you. Okay, how far? Six months, we are still getting back. Calm down. <laughs> Kingdom what? Thinking. So we must take over territories, both in where you work and where you live. Stop criticizing the government. Instead, start looking for ways to influence the government. If you are not there, influence things. Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet. Saviors from Zion. Saviors from Zion. Saviors from Zion. Don't blame Nigeria anymore. It's your fault. Blame yourself. You want to go to UK, that's fine. Nigerians have a lot of population there. But you know you cannot talk anyhow there. They will fling you, put you for jail. You want to go to... It's fine, you can travel. I don't have any issue there. People are traveling. If you... Want to go fantastic? I, I wish you well. That's fine. But I am saying this as long as you remain in Nigeria, you have to know enough is enough for you looking for bread and fish. It's now for you to produce the bread and fish. When they came to Jesus, and Jesus said, You are not looking for me because of the miracles, though. You want to eat more bread and fish. 
He said, do not perish for the meat. Do not look for the meat, meat that perishes. But instead, look for eternal life. I have eternal life. This time, I'm going to give you my flesh, and I'm going to give you my blood. They ran away. When it's time for eternal life, they ran away. Listen to me. You are the deliverance. You are the holiness. If people, holiness is not something that is abstract, let them say, oh, who is holy in this office? Let them, where is the holy, where is holiness? Let them call you Kingsley. I'll say, that's, that's an example of somebody who is holy. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. If you are among them, you know, I'll, I'll say this last and I will pray and close. Listen, when, when, when Moses ran away from Pharaoh, when he ran away from Pharaoh, when he went into the land of Midian, the, 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 you know, when he went into the land, when Jethro's daughter came to fetch water, he was by the well. Because of his masculinity, he helped them to get water. Not be so. And they went home on time. When they got home, the father said, ah, ah, you came too early today. What happened? Because he knows that the time they used to come was, you know, longer than that. They said, you know what they said? Can you, do you know what they said? Can somebody tell me what they said. They said something. Bible scholars. Samuel's try. What did they say? You don't know. Do you know what they said? Do you know? You don't know. I don't want to throw it at the pastors. Eh? They said something. They said, an Egyptian helped us. Was Moses an Egyptian? He was a Jew. But why did they say an Egyptian helped us? Because he was dressing like what? An Egyptian. So they had no choice than to address him as an Egyptian. A lot of you are kingdom citizens, but you are dressing like earthly people. So they are addressing you as earthly people. When there is a decision to be made, a good one, no, they will not call you. Because they don't know. They don't know. And things are going bad. You will be complaining. Things are bad in this company. What kind of company is this? I hate this company. Where were you? Did your light shine? Your light did not shine. So they don't know where you belong. You are dressing like them. So they will address you like themselves. I'm putting the searchlight on us. I'm putting the searchlight on us. Let us examine ourselves. What category are we? Are we in the category of Obadiah 117? If that's where we are, then we must run things. Give your neighbor a high five and say, I must run things. Oh, you didn't mean it. Turn to the other person say, I must run things. And I'm running things. Things don't run me. I run things. Hallelujah. Lift your hands together right now and say, thank you, Jesus. I am a savior from Zion. I am a savior from Zion. I'm changing my environment. I'm changing my environment. In the name of Jesus, I'm taking over territories. Oh, I have a kingdom thinking. I have a kingdom mindset. I am influencing those in government. And I am the one to take over from them. In the name of Jesus, I will not complain anymore. I will not run away because of problem. But instead, 
I will face it and I will change it in the name of Jesus. Speak in tongues for a while. Let's energize our spiritual man. Laka Baba Upon my Zion there shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness. And the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. Thank you, Heavenly Father, because I have possessed my possession. In the name of Jesus, I am possessing my possession and I have possessed my territories. In the name of Jesus, I am taking over. I have taken over already. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real. Influence your world.